0: Well, Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. I wanted to say, and the first question is really about your long judging career. What would you say is the most unique things about your judging and why people loved showing to you so much?
1: What was most special about your judging and why did people love to, to show for you? Well,
2: I'm not sure. I, I was just doing my thing, but... Uh... I think because I was a little helpful after every class, I talked to every exhibitor. And I was, the main part was to try to encourage and not discourage. Right. Okay. You had a lot of unique
0: characteristics about you, Peter. And what do you think would be the two things that people think of you most for your judging career?
1: What are the two best things that people loved about your judging career?
2: Uh well, I think the best thing that that I was honest but that was easy for me because uh I had no conflict of interest of any kind. And uh I I just tried to make a, a, an enjoyable time for the people in every class. Well, and you said that you also gave advice to
0: exhibitors after the performance, that seemed to be very popular also.
2: Would you agree? Yeah. uh, Not too many people did it. You know that I never wrote anything down either Uh, when I I was judging. I I never wrote one thing down, I don't think, all the time that I was judging. But uh, after the class, I just would walk down the line and just uh, give them one little... Uh, helpful hint, and uh, I think they enjoyed that, and uh, and I made them relaxed, and especially the kids, uh, even before the class, uh, I would talk to the kids and, uh, and relax them and make them, because they were all uptight, and they thought I was going to eat them or something.
0: That's funny. I showed you many, many times, Peter, and I remember even as a young junior exhibitor, that you never wrote anything down. How did you
2: have such a memory for everybody in all those classes? I don't know, but uh, you know, I did uh, over a thousand horses at Scottsdale one year. They had uh, so many halter horses. Yep. They had, you know, get a sire produce for them and and uh, brood broodmare, and, and there was over a hundred right there. Now, what was the question again? I was, How did you
1: remember without writing stuff down?
2: Well, I couldn't write. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. A guy asked me that one time, and I said, well, he says you don't write anything down. I said, no, because I can't write. (laughs) But anyway, uh, it was just something I I, uh, started out doing, and, uh, and I often wondered how the other judges did it. So I thought I was going to try it one time. And one time at another one of the Scottsdale shows, I'm going to take one class and I'm going to take a little pad and I'm going to write it down like the rest of these people. And uh, I tried it and I screwed up completely. Uh, so some poor bugger got 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 jipped. Uh, if uh, I, I would likely like them a lot better if I wasn't writing stuff down.
0: Well, Peter, as a judge myself, I've taken on um, practicing writing less down when I judge. And the more I've noticed that i practice my own memory and writing fewer things down, that I, I do better because I spend more time paying attention to actually the time spent
2: judging. You know, I told all my junior judges, and I had over 200 junior judges, you know, if you have to write it first, but write less and less and less until you get into the habit of of which I had, which which you didn't uh, write anything. Yeah. Yeah. I had something else there to say. Oh, if you watch those people, uh, one would be judging, and there may be four of us in the class or three of us uh, judging. uh, I I would be watching them a little bit, and uh, they spent half the time writing and half the time looking at the horse. And uh, that's why I try to get my junior judges to get out of the thing of writing and look at the horse. And uh, they'll, they'll be a lot happier. But I watched them write and write and write, and uh, it's uh, just a waste of time. Well, it's really great advice. So I have another question
0: for you, Peter, and this is more Wait, about Ammon. One Anna. More Anna, Anna. He I'm has asked. one more thing he wants to say. I'm trying
1: yep, to yep. think about uh, what your
2: junior
1: judges. Right.
2: So just to, uh, again the junior judges, but I had something else if I think of it. Uh, I'll,
1: I'll circle back.
2: Oh yeah. sure. Yeah. So Peter, we have a lot of amateurs who want
0: to hear what your thoughts are for your best advice for amateur showing. You judge so many amateurs; they always love showing to you. What would your advice today be for
2: amateurs? Well, the amateurs, I, I really enjoy judging. And that's why I tried to...
1: uh, Oh,
2: I know. I go back. Yeah. I go back?
1: Circle back. Uh,
2: I stand by the end gate. I always stood by the end gate and watched the riders come in to make sure they had uh, proper attire, didn't have a drop noseband on or uh, whatever. And uh, I think I've saved uh, uh, a lot of people from quitting uh, showing horses, the one was, uh, I was, I stood right by the end gate and the halter comes, comes in, an amateur class, and a lady comes in and I can tell right off the bat, she's uh, likely the first time. And uh, she didn't have a uh, throat latch on. So I stopped her and I stopped the rest of the horses behind. And uh, I said, you, don't have a, you do not have a throat latch on and that's the rule that I didn't make them but I have to enforce them. She says, well, I see pictures in the magazines and they had, didn't have them on. I said, well, that's a little different. I said, but you just stand right here a minute. So I bent down and, and took my shoelace off and made a throat latch for her. And wow. And sent, wow. sent her on her way. She wasn't going to win it too much, I don't think, anyway. But just hold sorry. the line.
1: Yeah, sorry, Go ahead.
2: Anyway, uh, so uh, when I went back to the the gazebo, uh, the other judge in there said, why would you do something like that? I said, again, encourage, don't discourage, and she'll be back in another show. I talked to her after, too, telling her, you know, what the proper way to have it on and everything. So she said, thank you very much, and she was all happy, all beams, if... uh, a lot of the judges would just excuse her, and she would never be back to be in an, an, an Arabian show.
0: Right. Well, you
2: allowed her to compete. She couldn't
0: officially place at that point, but you at least encouraged her to stay in the class and finish the class that she paid for, and she had a good experience.
1: No, I think what he's saying is he didn't start the class until she was legal, so she could participate.
2: That's right.
1: Yeah. Right. Right, so she did participate and she was legal because of what he did.
2: Yeah, I get it. So what's I back done to- that I would say likely six times in my judging career. Or so you know, if a person come in with a with a with a dropped nose band on, just forgotten the final minutes. And uh they take it off and uh they're happy, they know they've made a mistake, so they'll never make that mistake again. Right. Well, I think that's great advice.
0: What advice do you have for amateurs? Let's go back to that question.
1: What advice for, do you have for amateurs?
2: I'm not sure how I can can word this. Uh, I think the the, the amateurs, if uh, if we could lock all the trainers in the barn while they were showing, it might be a little better. <laughs> Because I've seen them I've seen run right, right around the edge of the of the ring coaching. I guess you have too. But anyway, uh, I think the main thing is is to make sure that, he, that they're having fun. I've seen kids lose the lose a class, and on their way out of the arena, their parents would be there and shouting and hollering at them, and uh, those kids won't uh, ever come back. Yeah, yeah, it's just if you can just have them a good a good time. That's why I talk to them in the ring all the time, you know. Uh, and it just relaxes them. Otherwise, they're just as tight as the fiddle string. That's good advice. I appreciate that.
0: So, Peter, for our judges who might be listening to our interview later, integrity is such an important part of judging, and you had no conflicts of interest ever. What advice on integrity and judging would you give our judges today? Sorry, wait till get So, it. yeah,
1: so you always had such integrity. You had no conflict of interest. So what advice do you have for judges today regarding integrity?
2: It's pretty tough. You're either going to be honest or you're not going to be honest. Uh and I saw favors being paid back by our judges in, in many, many cases over the last 40 or 50 years. Uh, and, uh, and I asked him, I'd he would come back to the, the gazebo and, uh, and uh, I would say, well, how could you pin that horse first? Oh, he says, uh, he's, a, he's a good friend. He says, but he's going to be judging me uh, down in Missouri next week. And uh, that happens a lot. It may not. People they won't believe it, and and the uh, and the, the judges themselves won't uh, appreciate this. But it's the truth. There is favors paid back, and anybody who says there's not, they're crazy. Because I've seen them. And when there was a gazebo, and there was more than one judge. I would always, I see a lot of the judges go in and sit down and start drinking coffee and eating candies and everything, but I stood up by the little narrow doorway, you know, to go in and stand and watch the whole class. And then I could ask them, why did they do this and why did they do that? And I could tell sometimes uh, that they wouldn't actually say that that, that, that guy's going to judge them, but uh, I could tell that they paid a favor back.
0: Well, Peter, over time, you've had so many learner judges, I think over 200. What advice do you have for people who might want to become a judge? If you were to have them be your learner judge today, what would you tell them?
2: Okay, wait a minute. Give it to me. Yeah,
1: so if you were still judging and you were to get a new learner judge, what would be the first piece of advice?
2: Okay, the first piece of advice... uh... Really, and I've told them to, to to come properly attired and wear the best shoes that you can buy. And uh, I don't want you standing close to me. Uh, you will you will not make the same decisions that I that I make. But I see that some junior judges they will stand right to, to close to the uh, original judge, and uh, it, that's no way to 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 learn to be a, a judge. And, I, uh, I had some good ones for that, this one.
1: And, uh... We can circle back to it. If you think of it. Okay. Advice for your learner judges. Yeah, we can circle back. Do you have anything else, Paul?
0: One more question, um, and then if Peter wants to add anything, he can. Okay. What about advice for show managers and how to have the best horse shows that people will want to come and enjoy more frequently?
1: So, advice for show managers?
2: Good question.
1: Yeah, don't put a hundred and thirty-seven classes on the list for a day.
2: <laughs> well, you know, they got to make money, and I, t- several shows over my career, I knew that the show wasn't going to make any money or be very close to it. So I used to, uh, uh, when I go to get my paycheck, I would ask them, did you make money? And they said, no. Did you lose money? No. I said, well, then I would expect my full pay. But if you lost money, I would take fifty dollars less a day. And I said, uh, I know that doesn't come quite with your question, but no, uh, oh,
1: that's very kind. Uh,
0: well, I think that fi- financially, the show management is under so much pressure, even more so today than back when you were judging. Um that's an important point that you're making and I appreciate it.
1: Wait a minute. Okay, what was that? He said he appreciates the fact that you did that because it's it's even more expensive today to run a show than it used to be. Yeah,
2: that's for sure. And I can remember a guy tell me they uh they were uh hiring uh I lost my train.
1: For hiring big name judges? Or no. no?
2: Uh I'll, Not maybe, to I'll think it later. All right. Just because I I, uh, I had the se- uh, sh- stroke on my memory.
1: Yeah. I think he's getting pretty tired, Paul.
2: I'm still all right here.
1: You're all, all right. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Janet, so tell, tell Peter he's doing a great job, and we really appreciate it. I'm done with questions. Does he have anything he wants to add or any last comments?
1: Final thoughts? We can send them via email later if you've seen it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know there's just a lot of things out.
1: Yeah. Well, if Elma writes them down, I can come back and record them.
0: We can do another recording another time, and this has been so helpful, Peter. Thank you so much for your time today. Just make up some more questions, and I'll try to think of some more things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Thank go. you. Thank you very much, Janet. Thank you for being there to help
2: us facilitate.
1: Thank you, Paul. Paul, you can add you can add
2: anything onto that what you want.
0: Okay, in in another
2: interview. Certainly. Okay.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today.